All right, Father, thank you for my beloved, beautiful wife. Thank you for her heart for you. God, I just thank you that even, uh, I just still remember when we were dating and how she challenged me and how that uh, drew me to her, Lord. And she's never lost that fire for the Lord all these years later. Um, how many years has it been? Okay, long time. All right, Lord, we just rejoice. We thank you for um, just our friendship, God. And I rejoice uh, for Mandy's heart for you. Lord, there is so many challenges with uh, having five kids and doing life and all of that. And yet she's found a way to keep her heart on fire for you, Lord. And I'm grateful for that, Lord. And I just pray that you would, Holy Spirit, move in this place tonight as Mandy shares the word of God with us. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us personally. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Before I get started, uh, who was here last week and heard Pastor William Preston? Okay. If you guys haven't heard him speak, I, I was listening. I've actually listened to him almost twice now. But it is such a powerful word. It's one of the most powerful, honestly, words I've heard. It just, uh, it just kind of just changed my paradigm of prayer and asking God for things and seeing God, like, you know, as, anyways, just it's really good. So um, go to, you can go to gpapp.org, the teach under teaching, and uh, you can listen to it there on Facebook also. So I just wanted to give a little plug in, whoever's, whoever's on uh, Facebook too. Guys got to check that message out. So good. Okay, so tonight I am going to be sharing a message called Divine Uniqueness, Having a Different Spirit. So if you guys want to turn to Numbers 14, 24... I'm going to read it in two different versions. The first one is the New King James Version. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Now, over 11 years ago, I was about this big, prego, with my firstborn son. And when I, we, Derek and I really didn't know what we were going to name him. And I remember just like, Lord, you just got to speak to me in the Bible or something. So I'm like, I remember, um, I was like going to read through numbers. I'm like, yeah, God's not going to probably speak to me and name through numbers. Cause you know, there's lots of weird names, but I just started reading it. And, uh, I, when I read that verse, it just like jumped out at me. And I felt from the Lord that, the baby in my womb, we were going to name him Caleb, and he was going to have a different spirit, and he was going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And so I'm going to be speaking tonight about Caleb and how he has a different spirit. So I'm going to also read that verse in the New Living Translation. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. So I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. I love that. He has a different spirit in New King James. This version says a different attitude. He was different. And who was he different? Who was he compared to? He was compared to the other Israelites. And the other Israelites, they were um, so easy to, easy to forget. They easily forgot what God did. You know, if you remember all the way in Exodus and how 
God poured out those plagues and they, he sent the Israelites through the Red Sea onto dry land and he caused water to come out of rocks and provided quail and manna in the desert and amazing things like the Israelites were just so quick to forget. They grumbled, complained, had bad attitudes. Um, they wanted, they even wanted to go back to Egypt. They just didn't believe in God's promises. And so here Caleb is, he is different from that. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be in the category of Caleb, not the category of the Israelites. I want to have an attitude like Caleb had and not that of the Israelites because Caleb got the promises. He got the blessing from God. The Israelites, not so much. I mean, in that generation, not so much, I should say. So, um, you know, I just think of the word different, you know, being different. It encompasses just our entire attitude, our thoughts, you know, how we live our life. And uh, who has heard or seen Chosen, the like little mini series Chosen, all right? If you haven't seen that, oh, it is like life changing. It's so good. Um, you can watch it on your phone, or I think you can uh, go if you have like a smart TV or something, you can, that's how we watched it. But Chosen is like a little mini series, and it goes through the disciples and really paints a picture of their characters and who they were. And it just sheds a a new light on Jesus for me. It did. And just made me fall in love with Jesus more. So in the chosen, one of my favorite parts was when Jesus uh, sees Matthew and the tax collector. And Jesus says, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, follow me. And Matthew's like me. And Jesus is like, yes, you. And so he just shuts the door, leaves that tax stand right away, and you know starts starts coming after Jesus. And Peter comes over to Jesus and is like, Jesus, he's a tax collector. I don't get it. And Jesus is like, well, you didn't get it when I called you either. And Peter's like, but this is different. And Jesus says, get used to difference. And I love that because Jesus is different. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our, our thoughts, Isaiah 80, or 55 says. And, you know, we're called to not conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we could attest and approve God's will. And so we're called not to conform, to be the same. We're called to be different. How do we do that? We do that by meditating on Scripture by seeking the Lord, and that's how we're transformed. That's how we are different from the world. We don't want to be the same as the world, do we? We want to be different. Misty Edwards also, I love this song. She sings a song. It's a, it goes like something like this. Like It is an inside, outside, upside down kingdom where we lose to gain and we die to live. The kingdom of God is so inside, outside, upside down. <laughs> It's just a fun way to say that. And, um, and it's just different than, than what we think and, and the, you know, kind of go along with Caleb. He just had a different spirit. We, we want to be light, lights in darkness. You know, this world is just full of so much darkness, and we want to be burning and shining lamps in these dark times. And sometimes light can kind of make those in the dark uncomfortable. It can kind of rattle bones and expose the cobwebs. And people don't like sometimes when we are bright, when we are different, because it brings conviction and it causes people to look at their own issues and sins where they have to, they're faced, you know, face to face with their own problems and they have to figure out like, God, 
like, I don't like it. It's, it's uncomfortable. But we want to be those that are bright lights that exposes those things and causes people to want to turn to Jesus and follow him with all of our hearts. We don't want to simply just blend in with the world. So if you guys want to turn to Numbers 13... I'm going to just read, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Feel free to study this at home. If you want to read the whole, all the chapters about uh, Caleb and Joshua and them spying out um, the land of Canaan, feel free. But I am going to start, let's see here. Um, okay, I'm going to start in verse 27. So basically Moses calls 12 spies. Two of them are Joshua and Caleb and they all go to the land of Canaan, and they uh, they see, right before this, it talks about how they had a cluster of grapes that actually two people had to carry on a pole because it was so heavy. I just think that's so cool that those grapes must have been really heavy. So this is like an amazing land. This is the land that God had promised them, the land of Canaan, uh, <clears throat> flowing with milk and honey. So verse 27 <clears throat> Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the the Jesubites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they give the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So, you know, I'm going to be just focusing on four different points on how to have a spirit of Caleb, how to have that different spirit. I'm going to be talking about our eyes, ears, mouth, and heart. So number one, our eyes. What are we looking at? What are we focusing on? Caleb and Joshua and the ten other spies, they all saw the same land and the same people. It wasn't two separate lands. It wasn't two separate groups of people. It was the same thing, but they came to two different conclusions. So... The, they were, the 10 other ones, they were very intimidated by the people. They said that there was, uh, the land is fortified and it's a strong land. They're very, uh, the descendants are like Anik, so they're very big guys. And they said that we're like grasshoppers in, our, in, their, in, in their sight. And, you know, the spy, what the spies saw caused fear in their hearts. And what's Caleb and Joshua saw, it caused them to have faith. So they looked at God and they said, you know what? Yes, I'm sure they, re- they acknowledge reality that yes, these are big guys, but my God is way bigger than these guys that we're called to, you know, called to defeat. And so, so uh, they, they believed God's word, his promises, and they knew that they could overcome uh, these giants in the lands, but the other ones didn't. 
So what are you looking at, looking at in your own life? What are you focusing on? You know, with everything going on in this world today, with, um, for instance, with the world just crumbling all around us and, uh, you know, the darkness kind of invading our life and our land and the pandemic and social injustices and just the political climate right now that we're in, it's just there's so much craziness that goes on, and we need to be those that believe his promises no matter what. And what we look at, we need to say, you know what, I, I see what's going on, but I'm going to stand firm in what the Lord says and his promises over my life and his promises of what he is going to do. And uh, also Hebrews 12, you guys all, all know this. You know, it, it talks about, running the race of faith and looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So when we are running this race, we need to look at Jesus. That's our focus. We need to, I, uh, Psalm 37, I read this today, feed on his faithfulness. We need to l- remember his past faithfulness in our own lives and feed on that and nourish our bodies with how he has provided for us, what he's done in our own lives. Number two, our ears. Who are you listening to? Are you letting voices, the voices of negativity rule over you? Or are you letting the voice of God rule over you? You know, whether it be social media, coworkers, friends, family, neighbors, whatever it is. I know on social media, there's so much negativity and there's so much things that, that, you know, you just, some people just want to grab on and and believe and hold that as higher, higher than the doctrine, higher than the, the word of God. But we need to be careful that we listen to the word of God above all else. You okay there? Okay. You know, and those voices of negativity, they may seem more realistic to you and more logical to you. And just like, you know, the people that were listening, all the Israelites that were listening to the 10 other spies that were giving a bad report, they were probably like, okay, this seems probably logical. And they decided for some reason or another to latch on to what they were saying and to believe their bad report versus the report of Caleb and Joshua. So the enemy knows he can, if he can rule over your ears and your eyes, he can deposit fear in your hearts, which causes unbelief. And so, you know, his perfect love is a thing that casts out fear. We want to be careful not to let the enemy deposit fear in our hearts with what we see or what we hear. Number three, what are we speaking forth? Now, this is really powerful. I want, I know, I know uh, you guys too. Let's, I want to be a mouthpiece of faith, conviction, of truth. And I want to just speak God's word. Like I said earlier, you know, just everything that's happening in the world, it's so easy to speak negativity. And I was just reading today, Revelation 19. If you guys forget what's going to happen in the end of all this, in the end of all this craziness, go to Revelation 19. I encouraged my heart today when I read it. So I'm just going to declare this over you guys. I want to be a mouthpiece of faith even in the midst of crazy times. Okay, starting in verse 11, Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. 
And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Just remember, guys, no matter what happens, Jesus wins. Jesus wins, and we want to be on that winning side. I love that it says says in here basically that Jesus will... Jesus will march through Jordan, killing his enemies, but that Jesus conquers in partnership with his people. We're going to be with him. The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen and white, followed him on white horses. Like, what does that even look like, God? That's just so incredible. And even if you, if you read over in chapter 20, verses, verses starting at verse 4, you know, Jesus is going to rule the world from Jerusalem in perfect righteousness, prosperity, continual peace. And believers with resurrected bodies partner with him, ruling the nations of the world. I just have to kind of dial back sometimes when I just re- watch the news for a while and I get discouraged in what's happening. I have to dial back and just dive into the Bible and what God says and what he's going to do. Yes, there's going to be uh, the, the bulls and the trumpets and the seals and all this crazy stuff, but... But the harvest is plentiful, and the things that are going to happen, the healings and signs of wonders, I'm excited for. So Joshua and Caleb, they went, they were willing to go against the popular opinion. And uh, if we go back to Numbers 13, verse, or 14, verse 10, it says, All the congregation said to stone them with stones. Okay, so if you go back up and read, read there, they're basically, they're basically declaring, like giving them like another encouragement. Let's go. Let's go out and fight. Uh, they said, they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is exceeding a good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give, us, give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Our protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I think that's an encouraging message. But they wanted to stone them for that. (laughs) Maybe that that light and that brightness and excitement and what's going to happen, maybe that threatens them, and they're like, we're going to stone you for this. Like, we're not going to go up there. They're too big. They're too mighty for us. But uh, so that they just... You know, Caleb and Noah, like I, or Joshua, like I said, they were willing to go against the popular opinion, and they wouldn't let fear of what others thought stop them from speaking the truth. James three eight says, "No, but no man can tame the tongue; it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." Derek shared this quote with me. Uh, I think it was today. It said, "He said, no man can, but God can tame the tongue." With the Holy Spirit's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit, our speech can become a mighty force for good, full of life-giving grace. Just remember that. We need to ask Jesus to have, to rule our tongue. And uh, let's see, Numbers 14, 37. Quite literally, I love, my one of my favorite uh, Bible verses is, 
Proverbs 18.21, that there's death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you look at Numbers 14.37, it says, Those men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, excuse me if I pronounce it wrong, uh, remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. So quite literally, death and life were in the power of their tongues. Those men who spoke evil, yikes, says that they died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua and Caleb, they decided to speak positively and to give a good report. So they remained alive. So great. Number four, our heart. What do we really believe about God deep in our hearts? You know, Caleb, he knew that God, he knew that when God gave him a task to do, that he was going to supply him with the strength and with what he needed to do that task. And, you know, in our own lives, I know each of you guys have a call, have a purpose. And if he has called you to it, he will equip you for it. I know for me, he's called me to be a mother of five children. So, if he's called me to it, I got to remind myself, he will equip me for it. It's hard most days, and sometimes I just want to give up, but I can't give up because they're my kids. I can't just, whatever. So um, I'll just take a nap and feel better. But anyways, just know, like, whatever the, the job or the purpose is in your life, God, if God's called you to it, he will equip you for it. I know God's called me to be a nurse. He's called me to also evangelize in the hospitals. And so even when I feel weak and I feel like I don't have anything to share with people and I feel intimidated. I know he's called me to that. And it's amazing when I just step out in faith and do what I feel God's called me to do, he equips me for it. And things happen and people get saved and lives get touched. And so whatever it is, step out in faith, overcome that fear. You won't regret that. To have faith and to believe God's promise means you have to trust in who he is and what he has said. Let me say that again. To have faith and believe his promises means to trust in who he is and what he has said. So we need to, we need to trust in, in everything about him, who he is and what he has said. And I, I think the greatest evidence, too, guys, of um, what you believe is just basically how you live. So if I, if I am a woman of prayer then it shows me and shows everyone that I believe that God is a God that answers prayer, that he hears me when I cry out. If I am someone that shares my faith and evangelizes, it means that I believe that the gospel of God is a, is a power for the salvation of all who believe. You know, if I believe that the word of God is living and active, or if I, if I read the word, and meditate on scripture and have my time with the Lord, then I believe that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So what, how, we, how we behave, how we live, how we think, it shows what we really believe deep down in our hearts. And the way that Caleb and Joshua lived really revealed how they viewed God. You know, Caleb was wholehearted. So he viewed God as someone who was worthy to give all of his heart to, which I just love that. I want to be wholehearted. Like I want God to, sh- to look down from heaven and says, wow, she thinks that I'm worthy enough to give all of her heart to. Like I want to give that to Jesus like Caleb did. You know, Caleb and Joshua, 
they were faithful to speak the truth because they believed that God was faithful to do what he said to fulfill his promises. Also, I don't, um, what I love also about Caleb was here this guy was, he was 40 years old. This, there's a, let's see, I don't know what passage it is. It's like Joshua, I think it's Joshua, I think 14, if you guys want to check that out. But, but uh, Caleb was 40 years old, is what it says in Joshua 14, when he received, uh, when he went out to spy the land. But he actually went into the wilderness with the Israelites and he wandered for 40 years, and it was when he was 85 years old that he obtained the promise, which is just crazy. Um, careful there. Okay. Sorry, my baby's right there. <laughs> so he held on to the prophetic word for those 45 years when he was in the wilderness and going through battle, and he held on, and then he actually fought for that land. He had to lay hold of it. And so, like, what are some things in your own lives that that you're just holding on to? Cause keep holding on to it. It might take 40, 45 years, like Caleb, which is a long time, but it'll be worth it in the end. And, um, you know, God is faithful. All right, I'm going to kind of close all this up. Seeing if I missed any little nuggets here. Okay, so basically, guys, you know, when God, when we are loyal to God, God will be loyal to us. Caleb entered the promised land. It took him forty-five years, but he actually he did it. So God is so faithful. And uh, in I lost my spot here. Numbers. 1430 says, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land, which I swore I would make you dwell in. So Caleb and Noah or Joshua, I always say Noah because Noah is my second born. It's so natural. (laughs) So Caleb and Joshua, they received an except for Caleb and Joshua, I don't, I don't know, except for Caleb and Joshua, I guess. They received it except for Caleb and Joshua because they had an exceptional spirit. You know, he was, God was deeply moved and they, he singled them out and he said, because you've obeyed, because you have a different spirit, because you've spoken the truth, when everyone else went against you, you will enter the promised land. So I want to have that different spirit. I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. And I want to have, I want to have like that attitude and I want to have the right focus. I want to have ears that hear a mouth that speaks forth faith and a heart that believes God for what he says, who he says he really is. So I just, in closing guys, I hope this encouraged you and, um, just, you know, take this to the Lord in prayer, ask Jesus to make you different, have that different spirit, especially as we're living in these crazy times. Like we want to be bright lights. We want to be different and uh, we want to shine for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I will pray then. Does that sound good? Unless you want to, honey? All right, let's just go for it. All right, Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, we just ask that 
we truly would have a different spirit, that we would be unique and uh, special and, and be bright lights in this dark world that we're living in, Father. God, we pray that you would give us eyes to see, to focus what's really important, that we would have ears to hear what you were saying, that we would have a mouth to speak forth faith and conviction and promise, that we would, uh, we would have a heart to truly believe who you are, what your promises are, God, and that we would be willing to tarry and to wait for those promises and to lay and just to keep asking you for those things, God. We just pray, God, would you give us a heart like Caleb had, like Joshua had, that we would be different, Lord Jesus. God, we just thank you again, Lord. Would you make us more like you, that we would burn for you uh, for, for all of time, Jesus. Amen. Take this boy. Let's hear it for the coolest lady ever. I love when you preach. Any more insights, No, no. We're gonna we're gonna end with those good ones there. But just wanted to say thank you again to the David Souter band for being with us tonight. Thank you, sweetie, for preaching the word. We're going to just close right there. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg shut my phone off there, so <laughs> uh, I think he's done. So, But uh, make sure you give someone a virtual, like, social distance, high-five, hug or something. Tell someone they're loved. And if you have a Halo tournament coming up, blessings on the Halo tournament. And uh, really nice to see all of you. And uh, have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend. Don't labor too hard, though, on your Labor Day weekend. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Um.